don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This week on Social Minds. People want to know which eyelash glue she's wearing, so why aren't you there taking advantage of that? We're very excited to say that we are joined by not one, but two TikTok voices. The first is Inan Mahmood, who is TikTok's Managing Director of Global Business Solutions. And the second is Abigail Clark, a stand-up comedian who's found fame on TikTok over lockdown. Yes, if you're not on TikTok, what are you doing? The platform has seen exponential growth lately, surpassing 2 billion downloads earlier this year and courting creators with a power algorithm and an inclusive feel. We spoke to the guys about why brands should be making TikToks instead of ads, the opportunity for brands to get involved in the comments on posts, and the campaigns and activations that creators as well as TikTok love the most. Don't make ads, make TikToks. Welcome people into your brand. Enjoy the rich storytelling and creativity that is possible with everything we offer. And I can't stress this enough. Have fun. This is a place for positivity and joyful moments. All this and more coming up. Why should brands consider TikTok for their marketing strategy? So here's the thing. Brands aren't an add-on or an afterthought. They form a very important part of the TikTok experience, be that starting trends, connecting communities, or bringing awareness to critical public service initiatives. Brands can create authentic audiences built on the foundation of inspiring joy. And that's what we encourage brands to add another dimension to their personality, a side that is bold, relevant and real and speaks to customers' values and beliefs. And whatever the marketing objective, there's an opportunity for brands on TikTok as well. Our platform can help achieve goals and drive action right across the marketing funnel. So if you're looking to drive brand awareness or reach, there's our top view format, which is the very first video a user sees on TikTok when they open the app and is our most premium placement. If you want to drive consideration through traffic driving with clicks, a combination of top view and our in-feed ads, which appear native to creator and user content. And this works really well. But if you're wanting to drive engagement or performance objectives, we've got products like our branded hashtag challenge, which encourages users to share content under the same hashtag or branded effects, which offer visual effects and editing tools to boost brands and drive action. And at the heart of all of this is our creators and creator marketplace helps connect brands to over 12,000 creators to find the right talent for the campaigns they wish to run with us. And to help brands navigate and learn more about our platform, we recently launched TikTok for Business, a global platform that gives brands and marketers the solutions to be creative storytellers and to have meaningful uh, engagement with the TikTok community. And our goal here is to give marketers the tools to be discovered and connect with broader communities around them and do so in a meaningful way. And what we offer is a unique brand environment that drives engagement and real business results. And everything starts with the objective and brands should decide on goals and KPIs for a campaign first and foremost, which can then help guide them on regarding the best formats to use using our KPI decision tree and then focusing in on the key metrics we need for measuring success. And we've seen brands of all sizes are embracing TikTok by leaning into its unique capabilities, highly engaged global community and trend-setting culture to drive their business with impactful short-form video marketing and advertising campaigns. You know, for, for those who are listening who might not be familiar with TikTok, maybe haven't used it before, could you describe its purpose or its USP in, say, five words? Yeah, absolutely. I would say it cultivates a safe space for positive creative expression. That might be six words. A little more. Hopefully that helps. And Abby, from your point of view, you know, as a creator, what do you feel uh, TikTok offers you in terms of a platform? And, and what actually led you to create a TikTok account? Yeah, so I, I come from the point of view that I'm a stand-up comedian, first and foremost. So I went on the platform originally to build an audience for that. 
for me, especially in the Southwest, I was finding myself doing a lot of gigs and things for 50 year old men in pubs, <laughs> which my material wasn't really for. I mean, I originally went to Instagram because I was like, that's where like women in their 20s, 30s are. But I really struggled on that platform to get my content seen by anyone who didn't already follow me, who were just my mates. So I then went to TikTok as like, it's a new platform. Let's try it out. It's definitely you hear that's where young people are. So I was like, I'm young, let's do that. And yeah, and it was basically, it was a great platform in the sense that you don't need followers to have your videos seen. And so if it's quality content, if it's funny, people will like it and then it will get seen. And it, it just went from there. And obviously with lockdown, I was no longer able to perform live. So it became my only way to kind of carry on that progression and career in that sense which is, it's been great for, yeah. Out of interest, Abby, how long have you been doing TikTok for? Properly, I'd say only really since lockdown. So I had, so just before lockdown was when I had a video blow up because I was making sketches for Instagram. I'd, I'd made a TikTok account, I think back in like November, but I didn't know what I was doing with it. I was just kind of like putting funny twists on trends, but everyone does that. So no one was that interested in that. And then I was like, well, I've made this sketch. I might as well put it on TikTok. But it wasn't a minute, so I was only able to... I think I put it up in as a part one and a part two. But the part one just blew up, which I wasn't expecting. But it seems that just like the idea of the sketch was enough. They didn't even need the ending. And so that one, I mean, I say blow up. It's f- f- for me, I got like 2,000 followers from it, which now I'm like, oh. That's- but that's, that's like unheard of for other platforms, which is why I think it's interesting to see like how fast people can grow. Yeah, it, it was mad. Like I, I literally went to bed and then woke up the next morning and I remember being at work in the cafe and my phone just like blowing up. It was really odd, but it was great. And it gave me the confidence that my sketches were funny and they did work and people did like them. And then it gave me the confidence to go and make more sketches. And then it was the perfect thing that when lockdown then happened, I'd kind of already started that and then just fully knuckled down, committed and focused on it. No, oh, great. How many followers do you have now? Wait, I'll just check. I think it's... No, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's bad, isn't it? Or maybe it's good that I'm not obsessed. 313.7k. Wow. And that's only a few months growth, like just to sort of set the time for anyone listening. Like that's how fast people can grow on it if they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been an insane few months. I think it feels weird as well because it's been a few months where everyone else has been stood still almost. And, <laughs> and I've just got this new life suddenly. So I'm doing podcasts. What? Yeah. <laughs> and Inam and as well. And I mean, the exponential growth we've seen in lockdown has obviously been massive. Um, I know you guys reached over 2 billion downloads this year. And I, I imagine part of that as well has been a lot of uh, interest from businesses and advertisers. You briefly mentioned TikTok for business, but can you give us a little bit more information on sort of the proposition there for advertisers and brands and, you know, why it is such an effective channel, I suppose? Yeah, sure, Theo. So I think the launch um, of TikTok for business is an important milestone for us because uh, not only is it our new global brand and platform, it's also a home to all current and future marketing solutions. So essentially giving brands and agencies clear opportunities, uh, you know, to to have meaningful engagement with the growing community. And don't make ads, make TikToks. It's not just our proposition to marketers, but it's something we believe in passionately. We think there is a clear opportunity for brands to tell important stories on our platform, you know, to create a depth of what they can share, what they believe and to connect with the community, but do so in a way that is truly TikTok. And we've got a few examples of this already happening. Um, the first one is uh, ASOS ad campaign, which is actually we just went live uh, this week. Hashtag ASOS. Uh, and we all know ASOS, one of the world's leading online fashion retailers. Um, and it's launched its present on TikTok with a, a three-week campaign in the UK and US 
backed by the branded hashtag challenge, hashtag ASOS, uh, using infeed ads, a bespoke music track, and an interactive augmented reality experience with our uh, branded effects. And ASOS worked in collaboration with marketing technology uh, agency Byte and, and us to conceive and produce the campaign, which will involve more than 25 leading creators in the UK and US, um, all with a combined following over 219 million. So uh, here like we've seen ASOS have really leaned in uh, and shown with its campaign that it understand what makes the platform unique, and that's community, music and creativity. I'll talk about another example, um, which I, I, I really like, is Mercedes-Benz. And obviously, as we know, the Mercedes-Benz star might be one of the world's most iconic logos, you know, an emblem that speaks for itself. And using the hashtag MB star challenge, Mercedes-Benz uh, invited users and TikTok creators to re-envision the star logo in their own unique way. So essentially transforming it in creative and inspiring ways and placing it in a whole new visual context that transcends the brand's everyday sphere. And TikTok users uh, were told to let their star shine, the only limit being their own creativity. So Mercedes-Benz kickstarted the campaign by inviting creators to, uh, from UK and Germany to showcase their own versions of the star. And this was all set to a bespoke soundtrack created for the challenge. And it drove 2.2 million video views uh, uh, during the launch of the campaign. Um, and in total, I think we've now seen 860 million video views. So I think what we're seeing is like, this is now the time to add another dimension to a brand's personality a side that's bold, relevant and authentic and actually speaks to customers and values beliefs. And seemingly a lot of that as well, you know, can be done by working with uh, creators. Uh, so Abby, I want to throw this on you again for a second to say, what sort of things do you look for when choosing to partner with a brand or, or work with a brand and, you know, sort of hone that authenticity that Inam was just speaking about? Yeah, so obviously, as I said, I'm a comedian first. So the authenticity is a huge thing for me because I don't I don't want to become just a walking advert for anything and everything. And the ability to make something funny is the most important thing. And I think creative freedom is really important on that one. I think if something's too prescriptive, like I've had some brands send me like they've already written the sketch. They're like, we want this to be your beginning, middle and end, but you have complete creative freedom. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you've kind of, you've kind of trapped me there. And I, I don't think that works as well often because, because also even if they have written something really funny, which I can't say they often have, it's, it's not my voice or it's not my comedy. Basically, I think creative freedom is really important and also just a, a brand that I do actually care about or do actually like. So th those are my two main things really, is just actually a brand that I can get on board with and is authentic to me and makes sense for me to be advertising and also for my audience that suits kind of what they are interested in. And then the ability to put my own spin on it, basically. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's such a good point you make about creative control because this is the same on every platform, but we have seen, obviously, questions with TikTok because it's, like, a bit newer on the scene um, and because it's so, like, creative-focused. A lot of brands are saying that they're worried about, you know, if you start a hashtag challenge, it's like then they have full creative control over what content they're creating and you have to say, well, yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, but it takes them a little while to warm up to it sometimes. So I guess, like, seeing positive stories, you know, of campaigns and examples that actually work and you know prove what can happen uh, if they take what they think is a risk and it can pay off um, is, is super, super important. And to sort of follow on from that, Abby, what content have you
have you found resonates best um, with your audience when it is affiliated with a brand? Have you have you got some examples of stuff that's gone down particularly well and maybe like be able to shed some light on why? Yeah, so the ones that I've done that have done best are kind of ones that I think you wouldn't know straight away they're an ad. So I've been working with Amazon Prime since April and the last one I did for them, I did a, I did kind of a video I would do anyway. So some of these ads have actually been great for me because they've given me a project and then like, they're like, we need something about this. And then I have to write a sketch and then I end up like, that's a great way to write a sketch <laughs> instead of you can write a sketch about anything. Yeah. So I did a video of like situations, which I wish, which in which I wish I could turn to the camera like in Fleabag. And so just did loads of life situations, like when people go, oh my God, you look so tired. And then turning the camera like, I slept very well, actually. <laughs> so, and I did a video like that. And that I think was my best ad so far because it was a video that would be on my page anyway. It blends in. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but it was funny. And <laughs> it was an enjoyable video that you'd want to watch anyway. And then you look at the caption, oh, Amazon Prime, Fleabag, it's on Amazon Prime. And I'm doing another one. I'm doing like part two this month. So hopefully that will have the same effect. Also, I just did one for Unite Students, which was similar. I actually discussed with them because at first they came to me with quite a prescriptive brief. And I said no because of that. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, what would be your idea? And then I was like, this is it. And then they just they were like, yeah, actually, let's do that. Yeah, so that was really great, actually, that they wanted to work with me and trusted that I knew what would work on my page. And yeah, so that one I did, types of people you meet in university halls. And so that was similar, like that's a video, again, great that they gave me an idea to do a sketch. And so, yeah, that was a video that would be on my page anyway. And is it kind of a video that you'd want to like and watch on TikTok? It fit in within TikTok and it fit in within my page, basically. And um, I want I want to ask you quickly, uh, before we get into the next major question, is that now, you know, what Abby's talking about, is that an easier conversation to have with brands now, this idea of giving creators more control? Because I suppose we've gotten to that point in social media where you can very clearly see what works and often it is when the creator has control. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think creator-led content we've seen uh, performs really well on the platform. And, you know, this starts with brands being able to let go, you know, dare to be a little bit more sort of bold, I guess, uh, in their approach than they would have historically done in, in other places. And I think it's been a cycle, right, Theo? So, you know, you talk about TikTok, we're still relatively young, we're two years old, and it's it's been a process with brands kind of sort of testing and learning and experimenting. And I think the ones that are have kind of leaned in and, and been experimenting, they've seen some fantastic results. Uh, you know, it can be scary to let go. And uh, like, you know, the Mercedes-Benz example, who would have thought such an iconic sign, they would put it in the hands of our community and say, have fun. That's bold. And the results speak for itself. So, so yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a shift happening right now with brands realizing the power of TikTok. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, a common question that we get asked a lot in um, is, you know, are there any types of brands or any sectors that shouldn't be using TikTok? So that maybe can't do as well on it and are never going to. So for example, is it the right place for B2B brands and not just B2C brands? Or do you have any examples that can sort of prove people wrong in that sense? I mean, I think we've already shown with some of the examples I've highlighted, but like whatever the marketing objectives, we absolutely believe there's a there's a place here for every brand, uh, you know, whether that's brand awareness and consideration or actually more specific actions like sales and app installs. You know, TikTok can help any kind of business to achieve that goal. And I think it, it all boils down to how you kind of tell innovative stories that connect with our increasingly diverse community. And, you know, we're, we're here to kind of help bring that to life. You know, you have to understand TikTok is a place where creativity can be unleashed, uh, which is important for all successful brands. 
regardless of whether their target audience is consumers or business. And essentially, modern buyers want fundamentally the same thing out of brand interactions, entertaining, inspiring or informative experiences that improve their lives. And I think I've got an example, like we've worked with Adobe, who worked with TikTok creators and used our top view ad solution to launch its new range of creative apps. And what I would say when it comes to B2B brands, I want to come back to the marketing funnel and how TikTok can help companies of any kind or size to kind of achieve its marketing objectives. And we talked earlier about brands like MasterCard and and, um, Mercedes, brands and industries you might not think that are relevant to TikTok, but for which we're seeing huge success. So there are more industries leaning in, but there is a need to start building a connection with the consumers of, of tomorrow. And that applies you know, to both B2C as well as B2B brands. Mm. I mean, as a, as a follow on from that, what would you say to the brands who perhaps think that TikTok is just a place for comedy content and maybe like even beyond their paid activity, want to look at creating organic content that resonates with their audience, but say they're like a drywall manufacturer or something that is not like universally enjoyed. It can be quite a dull brand um, by any sense. How can they use TikTok to sort of add another an, another element to their brand and actually still get the most as much out of it as ASOS would. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what I love about, about TikTok is that anyone can go viral, be that a user or a brand, right? What it comes down to is the creativity and the power of your content rather than how many followers a user or brand may have. And, you know, someone with a few followers and their first video can, can become TikTok famous if the content is good enough. And that's what we see as our holy grail. You know, that's the uniqueness of the platform. And we've had, you know, an amazing story from, from Abby in terms of she's had an incredible success over a short period of time. And, you know, she's been able to go into the platform. She's found uh, her voice, her kind of creative self-expression. And, you know, that's in the form of comedy. A brand that you mentioned that's more of a serious organization can think about uh, adding an extra layer of creativity, adding an element of positivity. I think thinking about sort of the core things that make uh, make TikTok unique is is what we kind of encourage brands to think about when they start forming a strategy or, or an activation uh, on our platform. And I want to come on to the, um, the algorithm, sorry, as well, because that's obviously a massive part of TikTok, you know, the For You uh, section as well. Well, first of all, I'll start with you, Inam. If you can, you know, can you explain, because that's often a question that brands have. They hear about the TikTok algorithm, hear how powerful it is. Can you, you know, give us a little a bit more context around that and explain a bit about how it works. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the million dollar question right now, right? It's like how to be TikTok famous. And like, so clearly this one comes up a lot. And like, here's the thing, um, because we're driven by a content graph, not a social graph, our algorithm ensures like your brand's content is viewed by users who find it interesting and are more uh, most likely to engage. So here, as I mentioned, it's like it's not just about it's not just about chasing followers. Our user interface is optimized for discovery and prioritizes good content over anything else. And this is leading to longer um, session times and higher engagement as well. And I mentioned about the fact, you know, the uniqueness of the platform where anyone can go viral. And that boils down to that that creativity aspect. Right. Um, and it's not really creator led. Um, and this this is the same for, you know, just like celebrities can't count on having a huge following by default. Neither can brands. However, this does open up an entirely new window of opportunity for brands to engage with new audiences in a way they've never had seen before, actually. And I should also point out here, like we're not a social media platform or an entertainment platform, but it's not just for entertainment that people turn to TikTok. Uh, they come to learn something new, to acquire a new skill or simply get inspired to do something they've never done before. And I think therefore here brands need to think like a TikToker and act like a TikToker to be discovered. And and this is where we think there's a there's a great opportunity for marketers to kind of be significant. And also they should not think about TikTok as a tactic, they should think about joining into a community and really bolstering and building the brand uh, because this doesn't exist anywhere else. And perhaps the key thing for brands to know, however, is that they're already being talked about and featured in the People's For You pages 
even if they're proactively trying to engage on TikTok or not. And we've seen examples of this. We've, we're seeing memes and content being created around Coca-Cola sellers on beach locations. We're seeing characters and makeovers for film uh, brands like Disney or DC. Uh, and brands need to take a look at how communities are already saying uh, what they're saying about them. And that's a huge opportunity. I think that's such a good point. And um, I mean, I um, I saw the other day a hilarious TikTok of a woman who's walking and it's really, really windy outside. She's got false eyelashes on and she's screaming, girls, look at my eyelashes. If you're wondering what glue I use, it's called Duo Glue and it's in a white packet. And I just watched this like 10 seconds and I thought, why are Duo Glue not using this as their advert? That is genius. But, you know, for the creator, it's almost no effort at all because it does just come naturally. And you're right, it is those sort of authentic moments that are already happening without the brand's presence um, that they really need to be paying attention to. And I know you mentioned that it is content first and it should be content first, but knowing what we know and uh, obviously for brands and businesses, uh, the bottom line is always going to be top of mind. It's always going to come first in their interests. So with that in mind, following on from Theo's question about the um, algorithm and how it works, I'm interested to know what metric you would tell brands is the most important, like which one, uh, if any, should they be aiming for? So like on LinkedIn, it's comments, on Instagram, it's likes. What is that for TikTok? Yeah, I mean, you know, judging a campaign's effectiveness is something that's really important to marketers and, and it's just as important for us as well. And we recognize for every minute and every pound a brand spends with us, it could be spent elsewhere. We need to deliver business impact. Um, we have to deliver business outcomes. And we're a young company in an early stage still, but we're doing a lot of beta testing collaborating with research departments. We're also working with leading third-party providers you know, around the world to deliver capabilities that give marketers confidence when they invest in the platform. And currently, our easy-to-use first and third-party tools help monitor campaigns every step of the way. Um, we have real-time monitoring to follow campaign performance in a simple, effective way through TikTok's analytic dashboards, where marketers can customize the data displayed by audience segment, individual video, or a combination of other criteria. Second, we have in-app data metrics. So marketers can track data and download reports. And this can be broken down by different dimensions like total cost, impressions, engagement rates, clicks, conversions, click rate. The list goes on and on. Um, and then we have campaign tracking to analyze our um, user behavior with the help of TikTok Pixel, a digital tool that monitors how visitors interact with your campaign, including conversions and previously defined actions that are set by the brand. We understand the value of clear, accurate data and make it our mission to provide that. I'm mean, keen to bring you in on this point as well, because you've sort of heard from Inam about the algorithm and stuff and some of the, you know, the most important metrics. What, what's your sort of relationship with uh, the algorithm and that side of things? Like seemingly the ability, like you said, to go viral quite easily is like a, was obviously a massive pull for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've gained lots from it. I think I've been more successful views and likes wise than followers wise. I, I don't actually know whether that's good or not. I'm learning on this podcast. I'm like, is that good? But I, I think that it's definitely good if you, I mean, I'm just going to plug myself now, but for working with me on brand things, my videos tend to get a lot of views and likes. So if that's the aim is to do that, then it works in that way. And TikTok works in that way that if no matter how many followers you have, if you do funny or relatable video, it will get lots of views. And what you were saying about is TikTok just funny? I think TikTok has so many different trends. Like the, when you said drywall, I was like, they'd do great on TikTok because everybody loves the transformation. Like I've watched so many people clean out their pool. I don't know why. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Me too. Yeah, I don't know I, where that came from. And I don't know why I watch to the end, but I do every time. So many people's videos come from my like <laughs> following page. I'm like, who, who are you? Why am I following you? Know, I'm like, oh, I followed yeah. you for your pool cleaning. So yeah, there's so many different 
types of videos and communities out there. Like sometimes I've watched loads of Hamilton videos and now I'm on Ham- the Hamilton page. Like as in like everything that comes off my For You is like Hamilton. I'm like, oh, I've reached like musical theatre TikTok. So yeah, I think en- any community has a place on TikTok and the algorithm works like and I was saying that the people who like that see it, which I think is great. I, even my dad, he's in his 60s. He got TikTok just to like my videos because he's very supportive dad. But now his his For You page is totally different to mine. And he gets like sports and mountain biking and all this manly stuff. And and also he, he loves just watching people like fix things. Or- yeah, see, like he'll have his own niche, won't he? Because, because it is so tailored. I and, mean, you know, we, we did some data on this. Well, our, not us, our US team did some data on this a couple of months ago and found that because another common question we get asked or just something that gets assumed is that TikTok's audience are all teenagers, um, which isn't the case. And you'll find that a lot of older people and often come through their children uh, are on TikTok now. So there really is something for everyone. And also to go back to your point on whether or not followers or likes and views are more important, Abby, uh, I'd say definitely likes and views because people only want more followers to get their content seen by more people, right? So if the algorithm's doing that for you anyway, it's it's one um, that does like it's a metric that doesn't matter what I um what I did want to ask you is if you've noticed any pattern in your videos in terms of what makes a certain video do better than others so trying to get on the more um like nitty-gritty of it in terms of you know how how long is it is it the shorter ones that tend to do better is it is it the longer ones is there anything you could add about specific hashtag use Um, because these are the sort of like little details aside from creating just good content that people are interested to know if it if it has an effect yeah so for me personally i found my longer videos do well which i wasn't expecting i think from tiktok you expect it's short and sweet i think because i do sketches as well maybe the full the more fully formed sketches kind of get my best views and my best likes and also like you're saying i've had a few like series so i've done like if cats were human part one two three and four yeah. so and then people keep coming back yeah and and people will tag going oh so and so she's done a part two in this so they like follow that series I, i've noticed on other people's channels as well like recurring characters does very well like i'm friends with another comedian nigel mm, he probably he does uncle roger that blew up recently. When I first started TikTok, I was like, oh, hey, because he's a very online presence. And he was kind of just very much at like the same level. He was just posting different things. And then he came up with this character and just blew up. And now all his Uncle Roger videos do amazingly because people come back or follow him for for that. Also, I'd say, yeah, I, I've had a good views sometimes on using kind of popular sounds or trends but that was more that's not every time I haven't quite worked that out yet some sometimes like I did the, the hey hey how y'all doing sound and uh, I yeah. Did, <laughs> no, yeah and that one did really well but I've also done <laughs> other ones where they just did like okay but I think it, I think it's always good to have those in between because it kind of just shows that I'm engaging in like the TikTok community and what's going on as well as just being like here's my content but it, it is it's the it's the more fully formed kind of almost like homemade telly I guess like <laughs> that does the kind of best and I usually hashtag wise I think I found the more specific you can be the better I learned quite early on not just to hashtag 
So you can see which hashtags are trending. If you just put those hashtags, that doesn't really work for you because like you know I'm saying, they show the videos to people who will like it. But if you're hashtagging dogs of TikTok and you've uploaded a video, I don't know, about toilets, the dogs of TikTok people don't want to see the toilet video. Whereas if you hashtag toilets, that's going to end up in all the toilet crazy people's feed <laughs> and they're going to love it. I think people think it's like Instagram in that way. I've seen a lot of users, like maybe if they're a bit newer to it, just start like spamming it with as many hashtags as they can and saying like, you're going to confuse the algorithm, stop it. Yeah, it, and I, yeah, because I did it at first. I was like, oh, that's a trending hashtag, so I'll do that. But then I actually learned the more specific and niche you can be, actually, the better. Like I did the speed dating breeds of dog not dating the dogs if you haven't seen the video I'm human versions of the dog it's not weird and yeah and basically I found that if I did a hash so I did like hashtag dogs hashtag dogs and teeth or whatever but then I also hashtagged like the specific breeds that were in that video so I do like hashtag chihuahua hashtag greyhound ha- like I, I even I did like an English pointer which I don't even really know <laughs> so but I, I went that specific and, but then people all the English pointer people loved it because it, it was their their breed of dog that they love and they follow and it was in this video and then yeah and it brought out all the chihuahua fans and it brought out all the bulldog fans and yeah I think that's when you can like tap into like where people are genuinely passionate when when you do hit those specific things because if you've got a thing you know it's gonna it's gonna be something that you care about a lot so that's when you're getting into real meaningful engagement and i bring you here based on on that and what abby's been talking about about uh, you know being specific and also um wondering if it's a good idea uh some of the advice that we've been given in the past is for you know brands to just from a branded point of view for brands to just get on the platform and have a look at what creators are doing yeah. and experiment and sit you know and, and learn that way learn by doing almost yeah absolutely i mean it's all about you know the best way to kind of understand it is experience it um you know have a little play around i think to, to abby's point as well testing and learning i, I think it's fair to say in summary of what she's saying is that she's she's been able to test and learn and experiment what's worked for her what sticks for her you know we think about platform is incredibly powerful with with a sound on experience right you don't get that anywhere else so it's a you, you can immediately have a strong emotional connection so think about you know the sound that you use that's super important there's a whole host of sort of you know, features available I, I think abby's mentioned earlier the, tr- the transformations there's duet screens there's all sorts of interesting things to kind of test and learn as well so i think yeah it's just as you say, Theo, spot on, um, learn by doing. Of course. And and also, in um, um, a point about uh, UGC is something that we uh, often hear from brands and this idea of, of kind of brand safety, um, you know, seemingly on a platform where uh, there is, you know, so much content and so much UGC going out. What is your sort of advice to brands who uh, maybe have uh, brand safety concerns? Are they even valid on TikTok? Yeah. Well, Theo, I'm, I'm glad you raised this. It's an important topic. And as a platform, you know, hosting user-generated content we take the responsibility very seriously to ensure a safe and positive in-app environment. Like many apps and platforms, we have a broad set of safety features that allows users to select their own privacy and safety settings according to their needs. And, you know, for us protecting users, we want to create a positive environment for brands. You know, responsibility, as I mentioned, we take very seriously. So, we're, I mean, we're really proud of the work we've done to keep our community safe and to promote this positive app environment. And I want to break it down to you in kind of like key uh, three key areas uh, of focus for us. So clear policies, number one, that that defines what counts as inappropriate content, removing any content or accounts that violate. In the second half of last year, our own systems proactively caught and removed over 98% of violating videos, which accounted for less than 1% of all videos on TikTok before a user reported them. Number two, investment in technology and people to keep our community safe. Our protective measures combine 24-7 content moderation technology with a robust human moderation team. 
And here we have several layers of tools and process, including automated classifiers, user reports, viewership threshold, and more. In the last year, we've also introduced things like comment filtering, restricted mode, screen time management, and family pairing, all easily accessible within TikTok setting. And the third point to this is our commitment, on, which will be ongoing, to education and partnerships for users and advertisers alike. So we're actively working with leading third-party partners to build on our suite of viewability and also safety solutions for advertisers. Currently, we're testing with the likes of Malt and Integral Ad Science. We also have a number of educational tools and resources like our safety center and youth portal so that brands can understand our approach and feel fully confident in our platform's protections. Creative expression comes from being totally comfortable. So as a business, we have no higher priority than promoting a safe and inclusive environment at TikTok. Abby, I mean, hearing that, that must, you know, be quite good to hear, I suppose, quite reassuring, especially um, because brand safety, obviously, it's something that, you know, creators sometimes get implicated in as well, doesn't it? Mm. And, uh, you know. on YouTube a few years ago. I don't know if you remember. Of course. Oh, no. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what's lovely about TikTok is it's like a really wholesome place that, the priority is feel good kind of for everyone. I, I, I don't want to say family friendly because there's also like people have content for different ages and sometimes you do see people be like a bit rude. It's always done in a kind of like cheeky, safe way, if that makes sense. It, it, it's, kind of, it's, it's like in The Simpsons where you watch it back and there's jokes that you missed. It, it, it's that kind of thing. And I think it's such a positive space Base. There's a lot of other platforms. I think it feels far more angry or I don't know what the word, but like you go to TikTok and it is just a very positive place and everyone is congratulated and appreciated for being a bit weird or what makes them original or themselves, which is amazing for young people, I think, especially. And it is all about being like homemade and doing it yourself. You don't need all the bells and whistles. So yeah, I think I think that vibe of TikTok is good. Also from the other point of view, with the safety or whatever, I've had issues as a creator of content being blocked, but it's been really good in the fact that I've always been able to get a video back up when it's happened. So it hasn't been like it got blocked and I've gone, hello, I don't think this should have been blocked. And then nothing happened. It like, I felt like someone had definitely read that message, gone, yeah, I see your point, put it back up and it's been fine. So I think that fear as a creator as well, that like things might be restricted. It does seem to be a really responsive, successful way of reviewing. No, definitely. I think like it's, it's probably like two sides of the same coin in that sense, to which I think the answer for both of them is human moderators, like Inam said, just to make sure that someone does have an eye on uh, what's going out and whether or not it's appropriate and also to catch mistakes, um, as you said. Uh, Inam, I was going to say, I wanted to sort of touch on to part of what Abby was saying then about that closeness with the creator community. And for somebody who is like a such a big fan of the TV ads that you put out and stuff and that sort of focus on UGC, like how important has that been for a bit of context as a platform to be, not just to be seen as a platform with a creator community, but to be seen as a platform that is heavily engaged and heavily interested in the creator community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think look, we mentioned before, uh, for us, creators are the lifeblood and front and center of our platform. Uh, I think this is what kind of make, makes the platform really unique. And, and we've seen it o- over the time as well. They've, you know, we've been on a journey with them. You know, we're, we're two years old and some, some of the creators we've worked with, we've got some newer creators and we've got some that have been on the on the longer journey with us. So that's been incredibly rewarding, actually, to see them kind of flourish and, and you know, mature on the platform and, you know, find their sort of tone as well. And I think that will continue to play a very important role for us because... I think it just adds a layer of authenticity uh, to to the actual platform. You know, we talk about 
real people, real experiences, right? Uh, and that's that's what we want to kind of showcase that this is a platform for you know people, everyday people that have something to tell, something to share. And you know we've got the platform to let them express themselves openly and freely. I, I think that's that's what it boils down to. In terms of uh, best sort of, you know, um, in terms of a strategy, I suppose, for brands, like we've said, you know, experimentation, but, you know, does the, does the perfect strategy, is it a trio of, say, influencer marketing, advertising, organic content? Is it sort of all free or do some work better for, for some brands and not for others? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's look, there's different routes to getting started. And I, I think here there's rather than just like one silver bullet. And, you know, most start by posting organically uh, and embracing experimentation. Others begin by testing our various ad formats without any sort of organic presence. And working with creators like Abby is a great option too, of course. And we love it when creators land major brand deals and, and as a result of like their quality content and audience understanding. And, and we love to when creators connect with brands who are looking to learn about how to be successful on TikTok. I think bringing, bringing back a creator marketplace, which allows brands to discover and get in touch with a whole host of sort of creators and allows them sort of directly to help kickstart their campaigns. Some of the successful campaigns use a combination of all three, actually, Theo, uh, you know, great organic content, an interactive community led initiative, like through partnership with creators and then effective paid uh, ads to drive incredible results on the platform. Essentially, you know, TikTok is a place of fun, creativity and authenticity. The only brand looking at TikTok, whether they just want to dip their toe in or dive straight in, needs to understand that first and foremost. I think the creator marketplace as well is such an interesting addition to the platform, um, you know, given how integral influencer marketing has been to it. And that's something that you don't really see on other platforms. Could you maybe tell us a bit more, Inam, about, about how the marketplace works, just for any brands who might be interested in, in giving it a go? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a discovery tool. So essentially, you know, brands have access to go in uh, and discover um, all sorts of different creators, understand a little bit more about them, the content, a bit about the, the creator's profile. And it's a way for them to directly get in touch and then start working on, on a respective project or activation. So pretty straightforward, actually. And it's just a great way for brands that might be new to the platform to discover creators they may not actually come across uh, and, you know, might have a good affiliation to their brand sort of uh, values and ethos as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good tool for us to give exposure to brands uh, in terms of the whole host of creators we have. Yeah, definitely. And Abby, is that is that where you've got some of your requests from? Would you say that's like most people or are there other ways that brands reach out? Um, so I've actually mostly had it that there's obviously TikTok can link you straight to like someone's Instagram page or YouTube or things like that. And so they've gone to my Instagram and then DM'd me on Instagram. That's mostly how I've been. I think that's pretty much the only way, actually. <laughs> Do you have, so you have to like register and like set yourself up on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you make your account like pro and then you go into like analytics and then there's like a creative marketplace. Are there any like restrictions on like who can and can't register? Do you have to have a certain amount of followers or? Yeah. So you have to have over 100K, like correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going off memory, but you have to have over 100K followers. There's a certain amount of like overall likes and you have to be over 18 and... There was one more. No, that that's that's good to know because like we have creators listen to the show as well, so I'm sure that'll be ears pricked up. I, I think on that we're kind of with the creative marketplace in a beta test, um, and we've been kind of experimenting with it. So we constantly look at sort of the the registration requirements, and we're we're updating that on on, on an ongoing basis. 
Fantastic. Cool. It's, it's, it, well, like you, like you say, it's that kind of, you know, the, the ability to, I think, be so close to that creator community and listen to their yeah. needs and their wants. I think it's understanding the USP as well, which is why why I like it, because it feels very right for TikTok. That. Super. Yeah, I completely agree. And and for you, Abby, I mean, seemingly, you know, the flourishing career as a creator. Um, I mean, these, these things must be like really, really important to kind of see that not only that there's a space for you to create, but there's, uh, I, I suppose, a progression path to to, um, you know, in, in, as well as doing what you do best to to sort of work with the platform to, you know, get bigger and better, I suppose. Yeah, it's great to feel like you have TikTok's support almost. They're kind of like putting you out there being like, this person's here. <laughs> Thank you. Which kind of carries on the whole vibe of TikTok that you don't need followers to get views. And TikTok gets you seen, which is great for me in, in both ways, because obviously I started just to be seen for comedy um, and now have a whole extra thing as well. Yeah, which is great. So it, it's, it's nice to know that there's different ways for people to find you because all of that means, yeah, just extra exposure, extra work. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I think obviously because TikTok has had the benefit of learning from platforms that came before it, when it comes to things like influencer marketing, which is still quite new, but you know, there's enough information to go on now. I think you can see a real difference in terms of that support for creators uh, and just understanding how to work with them. Because if you'd started a YouTube channel, say like 10 years ago, you would be completely out there on your own, just dropped into it, you know, get this audience and not really know like what, what to do with it. So it, it's good that there seems to be more support in that sense now. Yeah, definitely. Question to both of you, Abby, I'll start with you. Um, you mentioned, you know, that real sort of positive culture on TikTok. Do you think that's uh, been partly the result of their, you know, being it being able that anybody can go viral? There's not so much of a hierarchy. It's a bit more sort of democratic in a way that, you know, do you, do you feel more like you have a chance, I suppose? Yeah, I think definitely. I think that and the fact that it's so kind of just on your phone, I think it's started to really embrace the vibe of people just with a messy bun, not wearing makeup, angle under their chin, kind of just... I think it's a very much like be yourself space and people love that. And it's the thing I discovered in comedy that I wish I had at school, which is just actually people really enjoy people who are confident in themselves. And people will also, there's always going to be someone on TikTok who relates or is like, yes, that's so like me or that's so like my friend. And yeah, you see there's, there's so many influencers who just kind of just talk to the camera about like what they think or funny things that have happened to them that day and it's so not over edited or kind of over filtered it's gonna say it's it's like the complete opposite to instagram isn't it yeah it's, it's kind of like what you get on instagram stories i'd say where you get more of the real person but like that's their actual main content which is great yeah no definitely i think just like for the experience for you abby what have you seen like the difference to be like maybe as a user and a creator between like say instagram and tiktok because Obviously, TikTok is, like you said, you know, everyone being themselves and then other platforms who've, you know, made their book from having that edited lifestyle. Have you seen a sort of shift in the way people are viewing Instagram now? I think, well, I mean, you've already seen that Instagram started to move towards trying to be a bit more like TikTok with reels. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I think less and less people want to see overly produced perfect images now. That's not what they want. And I think you see moving in Instagram creators noticing that, but there's still it's still a very highly edited, produced people with proper cameras, all of that. Whereas I think yeah, TikTok is a great space in the sense that like it is for anyone, anyone can do it, 
anyone can go viral and there's going to be an audience for you no matter what. There's so many different niche communities on TikTok that you can be your complete self. There's a girl, when I was in the Hamilton (laughs) feed, that she put like, she drew a beard on, tied her hair up and she does a really like overacting rendition of all of Hamilton's songs. And it's just hilarious. It's so stupid and weird, and but like, it's so funny and she just fully embraces it and people embrace it with her and they've put funny captions being like, it, it's illegal to put Broadway shows online or whatever. It's just that, it's the whole vibe of TikTok. It's just people love people for being them and being authentic and being real. Just on that as well, I, I think like, yeah, being authentic, being real, I mean, you've obviously guys would have come across the um, the sort of anthem that came uh, to kind of adjusting to life at home, bored in the house by Curtis Roach. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's everyone was in lockdown. It was, you know, we we're in a pandemic, but actually that brought about a, a closer community, you know, realizing people have different situations at home, etc. But actually, this is one place where you can come together and share uh, sharing these sort of special moments. And I think we talk about positivity, we talk about confidence. Actually, this community is also incredibly supportive of each other. And I think there's a, there's something to be said about that as well. Uh, you know, you, you've seen a lot of times uh, people just encouraging each other and just, you know, creating a, a positive place, which I think is quite unique. Yeah, I, I'd say that as well, like with comments and things like, I don't think I've ever had any issue with negative comments. That's, it's not I think on places like Twitter and stuff, it's all about people want to find the problem, whereas it's all about just enjoying each other's content, joining in with each other's content. That's another thing TikTok offers is if you really like a video, you can join in, you can do a reaction video, you can lip sync and do your own version of the video. Or some people upload videos where they go, I'm going to do this line, you join in. That's like, that's what the Hamilton girl does. She's like, you be my Eliza. And so it's a whole community of people making content together almost. Yeah, I was going to say that because it's so community focused and I've noticed that in the comments, like the videos really, content just takes on a life of its own in the comments. It feels like its own beast. I mean, I guess like for both of you guys, when you're creating content, Abby, and also, um, you know, something for brands to look out for, how much of a role do comments play in how well your video does and how active are you in that? And then also how can brands get involved in that? How can they use comments to their advantage? So I, I actually think I should be better at this. I think I need to improve on bringing my actual voice into my page a bit more because I think that's really successful when brands do that. Like I think when a brand kind of introduces you to their staff or like they have a particular voice, or a particularly good sense of humor or whatever people like getting to know the person I've seen other people use comments so successfully in the way because you can do the reply to comments via a video so you can make a reply to a comment a whole load of content there's a girl who does like voiceovers or something and people will just request can you say this in this voice and then that's like a whole thing oh there's a girl who does raps which are really good and someone's like do a rap about a purple blanket and she'll reply to the comment and just do do that but and, I, and I've had like people request can you do this dog breed or can you do that dog breed and you actually do notice this so someone asked me to do like British Bulldog and then on the comments of that video they go I'm the one who requested this like and they're like excited to see that you've listened to that and done what it said I think people can also be funny if if you do get a negative comment or an odd comment so people can respond to that I saw I think it was like a guy from Glee or something so someone had said something about him and he just did a whole video to reply to that and then that blew up because that was really funny and people enjoyed that he could 
take that with a pinch of salt, with a sense of humor. And I want to throw that to you for a second, because uh, there may be other platforms mm. and, and advice out there that sort of encourages brands to kind of turn off the comments and, and, and stuff. But, but seemingly, from what Abby's saying, this is, uh, you know, almost another content stream that brands should be aware of, you know, what actually happens in the comments of their content. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a combination of what you mentioned, you know, there's an option to have comments disabled as, as well as it is to be kind of another way to open a discussion or a conversation with the community as well. Uh, so we've seen, you know, the brands that have have willing to kind of, I, I guess, invite the audience in on their sort of brand communication. I, I think those are the ones that have seen the more kind of authentic and creative responses and actually encouragement as well. We've seen the community, you know, oh, it's great to see uh, Beats on TikTok. It's great to see KFC, so on and so on. So I think there's been there's been positivity on that. And we're kind of working with brands to kind of help them understand how they want to engage as they kind of build up their profile, as they start dipping their toe more into kind of the organic, uh, mixing that with paid as well. So I think it's a journey. And I think we're kind of still experimenting along with brands in, in this sort of area, but it's definitely one that's a, an interesting avenue for sure. And another question for you, Inam. Um, Abby was talking about mobile earlier and TikTok obviously being mobile first. I mean, what is the significance of that for brands? Do you think the fact that TikTok has emerged at a time when you know, most of the consumption is on mobile of um, social media platforms. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, it's, it's, you know, everyone has has access to smartphones now. It's kind of like, you know, where you do everything, right? You don't, you wake up, you check, you check your phone and this sort of thing. So I think, yeah, uh, you know, the way people are kind of engaging has changed and will continue to change as well. And I think one of the unique things about the platform, you know, being full screen, sound on, that enables brands to have a, a very sort of different way of telling a story. Right. You know, they're used to in other platforms having to kind of build creative for a certain sort of uh, area. I, I think here it opens up a new sort of level of kind of emotional connection. And that in itself presents a really kind of interesting opportunity. And we've seen sort of those brands that have leaned in thinking about how to create bespoke music, how to think about the sound, how to, you know, really take advantage of that, that sort of full screen immersive experience. So I think that's a really interesting challenge from a creative standpoint, right? And also from a from a point of how do you tell your story? Massively. I think that's a really good point, especially that we were talking about this in a previous episode uh, we recorded the other weekend, just about that sound on culture that TikTok has like, helped to create. Uh, whereas a couple of years ago, it was the complete opposite. And everyone was having to subtitle their videos because sound and music just just weren't a thing. Uh, but but that seems to be really taking off. And you're right, it really does add to the storytelling element. One thing I am I am curious to ask about is obviously um, recent changes to TikTok's uh, copyright and licensing rules mean that I think I'm right in saying already that brands have a royalty free selection of of tracks to choose from. Uh, just wondering if you can shed some light on how that has affected uh, the content they're making or the ads that they're making now that the popular sounds that other users might be using uh, are off limits to them? So I think like, yeah, this is an evolving piece. So we have a custom library uh, and, and we're constantly kind of sort of adding to that and it's available to, to sort of brands for, for the initiatives. But then obviously you've, you guys, I'm sure would probably have seen, we also encourage brands to think about bespoke custom tracks as well. And we would have seen one really good success as that is uh, Elf Cosmetics, Eyes, Lips, Face, which actually, you know, impacted the charts. I think it went to number one on Spotify and it just kind of blew up and it was a really kind of great way for a brand association, for a brand that was relatively unknown to kind of impact culture, you know, where, where kind of sound and music was at the heart of it. So I think that in itself is a very interesting opportunity for brands to actually impact culture and impact music. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. Get your own uh, Spotify as well. That's like a whole different beast then. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad we mentioned brands because we've sort of gone full circle as well. And um, well, to both of you, really, this is a question. You know, we've heard about some of your favorite brands, but Abby, um, obviously we know uh, creators are avid users of uh, TikTok and, and social media and whatnot. And, you know, obviously have a vested interest in being there. In terms of what you see, and not just the brands that you've worked with in the past, but in terms of the sort of content that you see from brands that you engage with and that you enjoy, what sort of things do you think works? What sort of things do you like seeing more of? What do you want to see less of? I think Gymshark are really successful on TikTok because it just feels like they join in, if that makes sense. Like they join in on trends, they get their creators to do their own versions of it. I remember when there was the whole trend of like a handstand against the wall and like kicking the legs or whatever. And then they got one of their gymnasts to kind of do it without the wall and they were like level up or something. And also they just, I feel like they have a strong sense of humor. I think it doesn't have to be, I'm really sorry, my cat is, I'm sorry if this ruins the audio. <laughs> She's just scratching things in the background. It's my inspiration for my videos. Anyway, that'll be in the next one. But yeah, I think even if you're not making your page comedy, I think it's just having a sense of humour that's appreciated on TikTok, not taking yourself too seriously. That's the main thing. It's having your own authentic voice that is real and doesn't take itself too seriously, kind of joins in on trends, can laugh at itself and has a personality, I think, rather than just being a stick out, we're just here to advertise. I think showing you're here to contribute and join in, I think people really appreciate that. And then people look at you less as just a brand and they look at you much more as, oh, you're you're joining TikTok, like we're, we're joining TikTok and you're doing it to join in. And also Gymshark share creators content they shared one of my videos so I didn't make it for them they just sent me a message saying oh would you mind if we reposted obviously we'll credit you and everything and so that shows that they're they're watching content they're enjoying content they're like that that's a funny video that has a link to exercise we'll share it so our people can see it and join in that way so it's quite clever they've got like a mix of their own content and then UGC that they're just sourcing from the same place uh, which is really smart but Gymshark are like one of my favourite brands for Tone of Voice Theo and I are both copywriters so Tone of Voice is like you know we'll preach about the same thing quite a lot and I've got this theory that people brands that have strong personalities already and have established them on platforms like Twitter where humour is quite front and centre are going to see you know better success translating that to TikTok but you'd be surprised how many of them uh, how many brands struggle to make a tone of voice and personality come across in a video when it's not like written down I think sometimes they find it harder but you're right it's super super important I was just gonna say in like Lucy and Yak have just got they're very new but I think they they very much show like their real staff in the shop sometimes they show that they're painting the stairs or and so that feels really authentic in a different way that you're just like oh these are just like real people rather than a brand with lots of money if that makes sense so it's, it's just yeah either having like a strong tone of voice or just seeing the real people behind the page 100 yeah no one wants to follow a logo no fun and in amazon i suppose as a final closing point um i mean you know you, you guys being the platform what do you think you want to see more of from brands in the coming months and um you know for the rest of the year in terms of you know as a kind of blueprint for using the platform is it this focus on uh, emotion and personality is it a bit more innovation from them and they're changing their thinking what what would you say will be the kind of i suppose secret to success but also best practice going forward 
Yeah, I mean, I think so in summary and, and, and wrapping up, I think we've talked about it already, but I can't stress enough. If there's one thing uh, your listeners leave remembering today, it's uh, don't make ads, make TikToks. Welcome people into your brand. Enjoy the rich storytelling and creativity that is possible with everything we offer. And I can't stress this enough. Have fun. Uh, this is a place for positivity and joyful moments. Uh, so just have fun with it. Fabulous. It seems Got like an excellent place to end it on. Abby, it, it, it seems uh, rude not to ask you yourself if you'd have any sort of, uh, you know, from a creative point of view, advice for brands going forward for the rest of the year, um, and, and especially those not using TikTok yet. What would you say? I mean, I, I totally agree with Inam. It's, it's, it's about having fun. And, and joining in and also just like we said earlier about acknowledging that there's space for you already people are already making videos with your brand in the amount of times I are get asked where my Topshop jeans are from in videos not about jeans I just wear them and people are like where are your jeans from and I'm like where is Topshop on TikTok <laughs> so yeah it's that thing is that people want to know people want to know what you're wearing people want to know what they're seeing so why why not be there and use that people want to know which eyelash glue she's wearing so why why aren't you there taking advantage of that basically Fabulous. That is well. Fantastic advice from both of you. Thank you ever so much for joining us. And it has been, you know, a really, really enlightening conversation. Yeah, just for <laughs> loads and loads. Oh, have I? Uh, just froze for a sec. Just say that. But, well, again, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, um, great to have you on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson.